TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Chris Fedor sending out a tweet. Now, real quick, Keith, have you seen the Let Him Know tweet? I have not. Oh, that's right. Well, that's for tomorrow. So this would be more something to keep uh, in mind. I'm bringing up Donovan Mitchell's Let Him Know because he literally lets us know. Donovan, when he's getting ready to play, when he's getting ready for the game, he'll send out hashtag let him know. Going to want to watch that tomorrow as uh, Fedor sending out Donovan Mitchell, left knee soreness is questionable for tomorrow night's game here in Detroit against the Pistons. I mean, there's no way he's playing, right? Shouldn't. I mean, you got the Knicks and the Celtics coming up Sunday, Tuesday. I would imagine it would be a really dumb thing to play Donovan. In this game, you shouldn't need Donovan to beat the trash-ass Pistons. I'd also say maybe he wouldn't be questionable for this game or maybe that knee wouldn't be sore, assuming that this is actually a real thing. He didn't play him 44 minutes last night in a um, hotly contested double overtime game. Yeah, maybe, maybe if J.B. Bickerstaff, I don't know, used his bench properly and didn't have Darius Garland, who's struggling, play 44 minutes, and Donovan Mitchell, who looks tired, and I don't want to say he's struggling because he's still doing Donovan Mitchell things, but maybe if J.B. Bickerstaff just uh, rested his guys, took care of Donovan Mitchell. I mean, listen, I'm not trying to turn the Cavs into the Lakers and who the hell knows when either LeBron or AD is going to play. I'm not trying to turn them into the the Clippers who you've got like a 33% chance of seeing all their best players start in the same game uh, with Paul George, James Harden, and Kawhi Leonard. I'm not trying to turn you into that. But J.B. Bickerstaff does know he can go ahead and rest Donovan Mitchell, right? Because, listen, I'm very appreciative to J.B. It doesn't sound like it because I hammer him because the things I value in a coach are what do you do at the end of games? What's your game management look like? Uh, how are you out of timeouts? And overall, I think X's and O's, like look at going from Mike Budenholzer, who is one of the best X's and O guys in the NBA, to Adrian Griffin, who's a young coach who maybe doesn't have the experience as a head coach late in games. It was a difference between a machine outside of last year's playoff run with Milwaukee, a machine in Milwaukee, to a team that has staggered and stammered and, and, and might be finding themselves now, but wasted half of a season because they fired their head coach stupidly last year. So I think X's and O do matter more than anything. And they matter down the stretch, and they matter in uh, the playoffs. Like Ty Lue, guys, from day to day, Ty Lue in the middle of January, I don't know how much value he has. I know Ty Lue was instrumental with his rotations and with his creativity in his rotations in inbounds plays. And and defensive, And by the way, it's not just offensive, it's defensively as well. Um, that's where Ty Lue became a guy that won an NBA title and is still thought of as one of the better coaches in the NBA. Jimmy Bickerstaff has not done those things. And I'm appreciative of a guy, even though I just said what I said, um, I'm appreciative of a guy who's really good at building a culture. 
I would appreciate it more if um, things like Donovan Mitchell's minutes weren't an issue. And here's the thing. You look at the year over year, um, Donovan Mitchell's minutes have lessened, but we're talking about the minutes he's playing right now. And every time we talk about J.B. Bickerstaff as a coach of the Cavaliers, he gets this pass. They got the pass when they were winning 18 of 20 games because, well, they were winning 18 of 20 games. They had their run issues. He did not pull the trigger on rotations a lot. But, yeah, you were winning, so we're going to go ahead and look the other way. J.B. must be a great coach. He gets a lot of credit for that. Um, I have thoughts on that. I've shared those thoughts before. But specific to right now, Donovan's averaging – 35.7 points per game, or sorry, minutes per game. What are we doing? I mean, seriously, what the hell are you doing? Last year, he averaged 35.8 minutes per game. That was his previous career high by about two minutes per game. So you're doing it again, and you don't need to. Guys, I don't, I don't want to do Cavs coaching search radio. I would like Mike Budenholzer here next year. I don't know. You're going to get Mike Budenholzer. The idea of getting another unproven head coach and I got to listen to this organization tell me, well, we'll we're going to give him. I can't, I can't really judge this new coach until he's been here for seven years. I, it's interesting. I don't have that problem. It's interesting. The rest of the NBA has no problem uh, judging Adrian Griffin uh, 42 games into his uh, coaching career. Now, he was an absolute dumpster fire of a head coach. He was too busy disrespecting Terry Stotts to, I don't know, coach his friggin' team. But the point is, and, and and dividing his locker room to coach his team, but I digress. JB isn't a dumpster fire. I think I'm I'm dangerously close to saying you're never going to win a championship with JB, and I'm dangerously close to saying I don't know you're going to win a playoff series with this guy. Houston, and I know this is a tough sell. Houston, when he was the head coach, his one other playoff experience got his uh, doors blown off. How did the play-in game two years ago go for J.B. Bickerstaff and the Cavs? How did the playoffs go last year? So I can tolerate a little bit of that of like, well, you know, he's a young guy in NBA parlance. Let's get a let's get him his third playoff action before we really can tell that he can't call an inbounds play to save his life. Hey, let's uh, let's go ahead and let's waste another year in the playoffs. Um, and maybe waste the entirety of Donovan Mitchell's time here to figure if he can go ahead and play Sam Merrill on any given night. And if it sounds like I'm a little heated, I am. What are you doing with Donovan Mitchell? I'm not saying it's easy, but this is this is what they pay you for. And if you're going to be a culture guy, the least you could be is a rotation guy. So he's got some little Rolodex. He's got some, I don't know, Apple iWatch thing that tells him the rotations. Well, here's here's uh, my official analysis. Your rotations suck. And right now, playing 44 minutes for Donovan Mitchell last night was stupid. It was needless. It was stupid. And you're wearing Donovan Mitchell out. Oh, and while Dar- uh, Darius Garland struggles to high Helen back, and you do literally nothing rotationally to separate the two of them outside of a five-minute stretcher here or there. Beyond that, all right, Darius Garland continues to struggle. Do you just want – I mean, this is the this is akin to hearing uh, JB talk about it, sitting on a pier, being like, hey, that person over there is drowning. Damn shame. You've got a life preserver right next to you. Or the life preserver. And it is just infuriating. And I, you know what? Miss me with this godforsaken, well, but what about the record? Nonsense. Guys, look at what they've done the last seven games. 
the 20 games to this point is the anomaly from the New York series last year on. When he had a full, uh, a healthy team, he couldn't manage rotations, and Donovan and Darius weren't playing together, and they were a 500 team. Darius and Evan go out, and all of a sudden, Darius or Donovan was put around four shooters and a rim protector, and lo and behold, all of a sudden, the Cavs are good again. And then after the minutes restrictions end with Darius and Evan coming off the injury, what happens? All of a sudden, everything that was wrong with the Cavs in October is wrong again. Well, but guys, look at that record. Yes, they got insanely hot. And the Cavs are turning that into a missed opportunity. The, the Bucks have given you, if you have won the last seven games, if you had won the way you had been winning, if you had been separating Darius and Donovan and keeping and trying to build some something with Darius to get him some confidence back, if you had done that, maybe you'd be like five and two. Maybe you'd be multiple games up the Milwaukee Bucks. Maybe. But you know what? And listen, he finally did the thing he needed to do like three months ago. He finally changed his tune. Last night after the game, yeah, it's, uh, it's not enough. It's not enough. I would say the same thing about J.B. Bickerstaff. I think tomorrow, very likely, I, maybe it's even a scheduled rest day, right? But why the hell are you playing your undersized combo guard who's the key to an Eastern Conference championship run this year? Why are you playing him the career high in minutes, tied for career high in minutes? Last year was, well, I just uh, I only had seven guys. If only you had a regular season to try other guys out and give other guys a chance to earn your trust. But because JB knows better about these players, uh, the, some teams are going to throw, you know, these. The, some teams are going to exploit Sam Merrill. Yeah, welcome to the NBA. That does happen. And then you counterpunch. That's how that's supposed to happen. But the lack of creativity and the lack of common sense when it comes to minutes for this team is galling. And it is coming to a head because now they've they've they're below 500 in the last 7 games. But I don't want to hear for anybody riding the fence and I heard it this morning for anybody else that wants ah oh, well, you know, how much does it really matter? <laughs> cool. I don't want to hear you bitch in May. When they get bounced out in the first round, how did this happen? What? If only we could have gotten some sort of, I don't know, Donovan Mitchell playing too damn much in most of these games when he carried the load for 20 friggin' games. If only this could be avoided. Nick Wilson back on Afternoon Drive. There's news from the Combine, spring training, and all the NBA. But how does it affect the Cleveland sports fan? Simply follow each team in the Odyssey app to get all the audio from our local shows pushed to your smartphone. Download the free Odyssey app today or visit 923thefan.com so you never miss a beat. And, you know, there were a couple reactions at Nick Wilson says um, that, that does drive me a little crazy about the, the Cavs. Um, I think it was Kev on Twitter saying, talking about the Donovan Mitchell minutes, um, and Donovan playing 44 minutes in the Chicago game. And he said, maybe because the game went into double overtime, question mark, hashtag just a thought. Um, I think that's an excuse. Guys, they, they got other players. You you don't have to, like when late in games, one, um, you could have conserved Donovan early in the game and you could have allowed yourself the risk of falling behind early in that game 
but conserved five to ten minutes, five to six to eight minutes on Donovan Mitchell. Donovan doesn't have to play the entire first half or a good deal of the first half. He doesn't. Not as Darius. That's actually the best time to try out your lineups. Hey, Darius, you're going to run the uh, the second unit here, or Darius, we're going to give uh, Donovan a five-minute blow here. Let's see what you got. Oh, and by the way, Sam Merrill, you're in. So this idea of, well, but it went to o- double overtime. Okay, what about every other moment where he's leaned on Donovan too much? Where's the course correction from that 18 of 20 win stretch where Donovan had to play a bulk of the minutes? Because if we're talking about wear and tear in February, you guys think that's going to get better? And uh, you guys think that's going to get better in the playoffs? And why it matters is now's the time where you figure out what you have in your bench. Now's the time. And you got, listen, this was one of the silver linings of the injuries earlier in the season. The silver lining is because Darius and Evan were out, you got to go to Sam Merrill. You got to go to Craig Porter Jr. You got to go to Tristan Thompson Moore. And lo and behold, those guys produced. So it makes no sense that you're still running the same guys out there, your starters, you're leaning on. Guys, I don't want Tom Thibodeau as a head coach. I don't. He's not. The juice is not worth the squeeze. Yeah, New York's playing great basketball right now. Uh, he is prematurely limiting the careers of everybody on the court that he's overplaying, as he did in Chicago when he prematurely curbed the the high point of Derrick Rose's career. But the difference is Tom Thibodeau actually can coach a friggin' NBA game when it comes to rotations. When it uh, rotations, maybe not after what I just said, but no, he actually is good at using his rotations earlier in the matchup, and he's actually good at X's and O's. He's not Eric Spolstra. There's one of those guys. He's not um, Ty Lue or Steve Kerr. He's still a good coach. So New York and Chicago and every other place uh, Tibbs has coached, it's always been about is the juice worth the squeeze? At least you got some of that X's and O stuff. And Mike on Twitter said, got it, you hate JB. Grow up. Like, seriously. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Guys, this is not about JB the person. And this this remedial like thought process in, well, you're criticizing this guy, so you hate him. We got it. No, I don't think he's a good enough coach. I think he wasted the opportunity last year doing the same crap I'm seeing this year. And I don't have tolerance. I bit my tongue too much this offseason as the team played into a JB-friendly narrative when he was 100%, uh, I don't want to say 100%, he was a huge reason why they got embarrassed in the playoffs last year. Remember that honeymoon period? Remember where every day was fun because of how good the Cavs and Donovan were playing and we we had uh, champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Do you guys remember that? Because that ended when Tom Thibodeau coached circles around J.B. Bickerstaff in that first round of the playoffs. And, yes, we can talk about, well, the players need to be tougher. Yep. Okay. 
Where does that toughness come from? A, the, the players need to be a little tighter. They need to know the moment. Okay, who is in control? The guy, the cultural guy, right? Well, the culture just got your ass handed to you in the playoffs. So if you're cool with the risk of a coach in part, and I don't want to put it all on JB, if you're cool with going out in the first round of the playoffs again, and that's what the last seven games gets you. you, you get into the playoffs with this exact same team playing this way. If they don't figure it out, guys, they're going to lose, and there will be gigantic, maybe cataclysmic change coming to the Cavaliers. And, hey, trust us, isn't going to work with Donovan Mitchell. Hey, Darius, yeah, your career took a little downturn this year. Trust us, we're going to get it worked out. Good luck with that. So it's not about, oh, I hate J.B. Bickerstaff. No, man, I root for good people. Everything I've ever heard is J.B. Bickerstaff is a good person. Everything I've seen with my own eyes is he's not a very good coach. Not in this scenario where you're trying to sustain winning and winning at a clip where, and here's the thing, you're going to go back to, but the but the record, but the record, the record is buoyed by 18 and 20, or eight, sorry, 18 out of 20. The record as of right now is the red herring. It's not about hate JB. Come on. No. It is, does, it, this is the number one question this year. Does JB deserve this opportunity and can he win in the playoffs? Because if Darius Garland isn't ready by the playoffs, I'm going to look back at that coach. If you go back to a seven or eight man rotation again in the playoffs, when you got Sam Merrill, Craig Porter Jr., you got a bunch of guys who could absolutely give you five to ten meaningful moments or minutes in the playoffs. Guys, that's what swing series. Richard Jefferson didn't play 30 minutes a night just dominating ball in the playoffs. Dante Jones gave you a foul. All right? Tristan Thompson didn't play like an NBA starter for 42 minutes at a high level, but he gave you minutes. Mon Shumpert gave you minutes. That's what the playoffs is. So let's not do the, we get it. You hate JB. No, ambivalent. Don't know the person. The coach is a real problem right now, just as Darius Garland is. 216-474-0092. I want to hear when Donovan Mitchell is is, is uh, wheezing on the far side of the court in game four, game three of the first round series because he is spent. Again, I don't want to hear anybody being like, well, what about JB? If you're the, oh, you're criticizing him, you must hate him, don't want to hear, cannot. You better be better be a little silent on that. Uh, John saying, Donovan running 40-plus uh, minutes against Chicago, but somehow being off the floor during the final sequence of the Magic's, Magic game, make it make sense. Um, he's not a, not a good head coach. Mike saying, what coach would you like? Uh, anybody that's actually good at rotations and manages make the rules around here and manages the minutes of his superstars. I'd like Mike Budenholzer. If Ty Lue gets, uh, gets bounced early in LA, I'd, I'd give me Ty Lue back guys act like the, the bar, they're people that act like the, um, the bar for coaches is so astronomically high when you're just like, Hey, these rotations are not working. These minutes are ridiculous. Who can we find? I don't know. Throw a basketball in roughly any direction in the NBA. We are getting to a point, by the way, that it is almost anybody would be better than JB. 
if he's not going to change things, if he's not going to stagger the minutes of the guards, if he's not going to address the obvious confidence issues Darius is having on top of the physical issues he's having. I want JB to win because, quite frankly, changing coaches is risk. We saw that with uh, uh, we saw that with uh, Mike Budenholzer in Milwaukee. But most of the time in the NBA, it actually is necessary. I feel better now. Feel a little bit better. Had a good jousting session. Look forward to uh, JB Bickerstaff apologies across the station while I'm out the next couple days. I did see. I'm not just taking shots. I don't, I got 30 minutes left in the show, and then I'm you, I'm like Magic Johnson in LA. I'm not gonna be here for until uh, next Thursday. So I am a little bit of a loose cannon right now. But my favorite thing I saw on social media leading into the combine was Dan Devine, who we had. I think it was earlier this week. Could have been, could have been late last week. Uh, Yahoo Sports senior NBA writer who uh, who tweeted out, there's a lot of reasons I wouldn't be a good scout or GM, but there's one I will fall in love with. But Sorry, but one is that I will fall in love with a cool name no matter what. If Chop Robinson winds up actually being good, well, that's a bonus. I was drafting him regardless because the name Chop doesn't come around that often. I actually have to tell on myself, now that I've just blasted JB and the Cavs to bejesus, hashtag let him know. Now that I've done that, I will have to tell on myself, young Nick Wilson, and we're talking like teenage Nick Wilson, used to have a take that I would like look at a player's name, and if the, the name was unusual or didn't sound like an NBA player or an NFL player, I would just discard that player being a, 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 having a chance in, in the association or the uh, the league. For instance, I knew Sagana Jop was going to be bad at basketball and was going to be a wasted top 10 pick when I saw that his name was Sagana Jop. And it's not the Jop part of it. It's the Sagana. I'm like, no one, like, I, I get it. Shaquille O'Neal, cool name, kooky name. Different than even Patrick Ewing. Different, I mean, there, man, there's a lot of centers with interesting names. Artis Gilmore, I was just thinking about this. Different than Brad Doherty. Brad Doherty, very normal name. Brad Doherty, I was two, but Brad Doherty I knew as a two-year-old. That's a solid name. Sagana Jop, Sagana, no. No. That guy's not hitting a, a game seven winning shot from the, uh, or, or a sky hook to win the NBA Finals. He's not. He's not leading a team in scoring. I knew that. Now, I have my weaknesses on this theory. For instance, if you have a cool name, it it did make me like like you a little bit more. Like Trajan Langdon out of Duke. I was like, I've never heard of a Trajan before. He's from Alaska. This is going to work. So again, to this is a, a the uh, the eye of the beholder here. Some people might say Trajan Langdon, weird name. I looked at it, thought it was going to be working out. So I think Dan Devine brings up a really interesting point about whether an unusual name makes you feel better or worse about uh, a player's uh, ability. For instance, and this is a nickname, um, Kool-Aid McKinstry. I mean, again, I don't think Kool-Aid is his his given name. If it is, it's even more suspect. But like, outside of the Kool-Aid man, who all of a sudden is going to be breaking down coverage and be like, man, Kool-Aid's got it on lock tonight. This is the Kool-Aid. This is, this is his moment. That's an elite player, Kool-Aid. I want to believe in it. But 12-year-old Nick Wilson would be like, uh, Kool-Aid, 
Is that his Christian name? Is that his uh, uh, is that his government name? Because if it's his government name, he's out. Nicknames, it gets hairy. Guys, 28-year-old Nick Wilson knew Barkevius Mingo wasn't work out. His real name is Barkevius, and his nickname was Kiki. It's just not going to – that's not a thing. So I want to know, 216-474-0092, if you have any weird name theories. Because I am like Dan Devine. There are guys that I automatically would discount when I was younger because of their name. Sagana Jop, please stand up and then sit down because you were not very good in the NBA. And then there will be guys that I ought, went to bat for. I'm like, Trajan Langdon went to Duke. Trajan Langdon's from Alaska. He's a great three-point shooter. Of course he's going to be great. He was not great. Uh, future NBA GM, by the way, Trajan Langdon. Kayla, you seem to be chomping at the bit here. When you said the Kool-Aid one, it made me think of Juice Scruggs from the Texans. Oh, that's a great name. Well, and then I looked it up and I found out Juice is just a nickname and his real name is Frederick. And Does that make it better, by the way? I think it. I think a nickname makes it better. Like if Kool-Aid is Kool-Aid McKinstry's nickname, I think we're good. No, for if that's sure. His, if that's his government name, then we got a problem. So Juice Scruggs being Frederick Scruggs and then being like, no, 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 the name is Juice, as long as he didn't self-apply the nickname, which is now the other modifier... <laughs> As long as somebody else gave him the juice nickname, we're okay. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 